All right, well, hey, welcome to Young Adults. How was Thanksgiving? Was it good? Black Friday? Did you get some super sweet deals or something? Whatever. And now we're here. It's rainy. It's kind of, does anybody else get like kind of depressed when the sun doesn't come out and you start to feel like it's never going to come out again? And we, we are so spoiled, right, in Southern California. I've gotten spoiled my last four years of living here. But hey, you know what? The sun's going to come out tomorrow, Mike. They should write a song about that or something. We're giving back to God right now, tithes and offerings. And if you are new, do we have any new people in the house tonight? If we do, I want to just give you a very special welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Yeah, give it up for them. What we believe in here at Seacoast is the God who wrote and inspired this book. And so what we've been doing is we have been going through a uh, book in the Bible called Matthew. It's one of the stories of Jesus. And we started this series back in January. And uh, this is the last weekend, I believe, in November. And tonight, you guys, tonight, we're going to finish chapter number nine. Come on. Come on. That's pretty good. If you haven't read the Bible, you're probably thinking, well, it's pretty good, like nine chapters in a year, but a chapter in the Bible is like a page, okay? So it's really, it's really not that impressive. We've been taking our time, going nice and slow through it. But the reason that we're doing it is we live in a world that is full of opinions, don't we? Anybody notice that, especially lately, right? Like everybody wants to tell you what to think. Everybody wants to tell you how to act. Everybody wants to tell you how to believe. And here on Sunday nights, we're going to go, hey, let's just get back to Jesus, right? Like, like forget about everything else. Let's open this book and let's look at what Jesus had to say. And so tonight we're going to read um, the, the next story in the Gospel of Matthew and um, this is a, a great story that's really going to answer one simple question. Uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? Right? It's a, a simple question, but maybe one that we don't think about too much. Seriously, what does it mean to be a, a Christian? Is a, a Christian somebody who um, like belongs to a certain social club? Right? Or, or like, is a Christian someone that's not going to hell when they die? Right? Or, or is a Christian somebody who's like really good morally and like does lots of good things and, and helps people? Right? Or, or is there something more to this whole following Jesus thing? Is there something more to this? So, so my goal for tonight is very simple. I want to give you a mission statement for your life. Okay, for the next few minutes as we go through the story, I want to help you develop a mission statement for your life. It's not me, it's Jesus, because I think Jesus, in these few verses that we're going to read, give, gives his disciples their mission statement for their life. Okay, now, how do we as Jesus followers go and live? So whether this is your first time in a church and you're just checking out this whole Jesus thing, or if you've been around a thousand times, this is going to be a refresher or maybe hearing it for the first time, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 9. If not, don't worry, it's going to be up on the screen. I'm going to read it for us. I'm just going to read it straight through, verses 35 through the end uh, of the chapter. Um, then I'm going to pray. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us, and we're going to dive through it, go by verse by verse, best we can, and then we're going to be done. Does that sound good? Think we can handle that? What does it mean to be a Christian? What is my mission statement for my life? Verse 35, it says this. 
And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. If you'd like to write in your Bible, circle that word compassion. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, here it comes. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he lays it out for us right there. He says, you want to know what it means to follow me? You do two things. You pray. You pray earnestly. Then you go. All right, you pray and you obey, right? Pray and obey. It's simple. It's a simple mission statement for your life, but it brings up a lot of questions, right? Pray. What do, what do we pray? And, and what does it mean to obey? What, what does that mean? We're going to unpack all of that tonight. So let's ask God to help us. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you that 2,000 years ago you cared about us in this room enough to give us these stories so we can read and study. So Holy Spirit, as we study, would you help us? Would you move in here? Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Any, any uh, movie fans out there? You guys, you guys like movies? Favorite movie? Shout it out. Go. Sandlot? Space Jam, two for two. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. I like it. Nice. Nice. Flubber. Flubber. Who's, okay, who's the last person to watch the movie Flubber? Has anybody watched in the last year? The last six months? You watched the movie Flubber in the last, last week? Two weeks? That's not bad. Janelle, you got her, you got her beat. Wow. Okay, you got kids, though. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Um, hey, I, I love movies, um, but I, I learned something about myself. I learned something about myself um, in the last couple of days. I've turned into a bit of a movie critic, right? Like back in the day, I was the kid that was just excited about anything that was happening on the screen. But, but like recently, I, I've kind of grown into like this movie snob in a, in a way who like is like really critical about all these movies. We, we, I did a class on movies in the gospel in the fall for some reason. I, I still don't know why we did that, but, but we did it and it was fun. And, and like people would come up to me and like, hey, are you gonna share this movie and this movie and this movie? And I would listen to them like, no, that's not a, that's not a good movie. Like, I, I, I don't know, something's, I'm getting pessimistic. I, I don't know, something's happening to me. You can pray for me. But, but last night, this, um, this kind of came to a T. I, I was in, in my apartment studying for this message, you know, and like praying for you guys and your souls and just for your lives. And, <laughs> being all like super spiritual and, and stuff. And BJ, my, my roommate, comes in and he turns on a movie. And uh, love BJ, we get along great, but we have very different opinions as to what is funny and, and what is not. And so BJ turns on what he says is like his, his favorite movie. And I'm, uh, I'm kind of watching it. I have my headphones in. I'm working on the talk, you know, and I'm like in and out. And it gets to like uh, an hour into this. And by the way, like, Beach is one of those guys that like laughs out loud even when he's alone by himself, right? Do we, do we have any LOLers by themselves when they're, yeah, hey, it's a safe place. I do it. it. It's cool. So he's cracking up and like an hour into this, I take my headphones off and I go, dude, you know like 
Not a single thing has happened in this movie. Like there is no plot or redeeming factor to this movie at all. Like you've just wasted an hour of your life. And he's sitting there like, what are you talking about, man? Like pie in the face, like big humor. It's, it's funny, who cares? So if you're looking for something to get BJ for Christmas, just get him like a slapstick comedy and he will be your best friend. And it's all good. I'm kidding, BJ, wherever you are. Hey, great, great guy, great guy. Great personality, single ladies. Great, great dude. Works, works with kids. Gonna be a great dad one day. If you just wanna speak that over you, man. Can we get BJ's number up on the screen? Do we? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't have that. Uh, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, so, bit of a movie critic these days, but, 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 there is. One genre of movies that I, um, I'm a bit of a sucker for. And that's, that's, this is gonna sound weird, but action movies where like everything goes wrong. You know, like, you know, like the natural disaster movies where the world gets like wiped out, but there's like still like a story of hope. Like, I, I love those kind of movies, like Twister. <laughs> I was going to just preach on Twister for the whole night. And then I realized I did that like six months ago. So got to, got to move on. But like uh, the day after tomorrow, right? And San Andreas. And, and I know they're cheesy. They're cheesy movies. They're cheesy movies about the world coming to an end or almost, but I like them. I don't know what it is. There, there's something about these movies that just draw me in. It's like the, everybody's dying except like the main character and the girl that he's going to marry, you know, and they like somehow get through and, and make it through. And then like the dad who like wasn't a dad his entire life, like the natural disaster comes and he like mans up and he starts like actually being a father, like BJ's going to be one day, right? And it's just like, it's just good, you know, and, and every movie ends the same way. They'll like, they'll look over their city, you know, and it'll be like completely destroyed, but, but there'll be like a, a nice encouraging song on and they'll be looking at it like, hey, it's time to do what? It's time to rebuild, right? It, it's time to get back to square one and it's time to start making some progress again. Like, like it's time to do this thing. Let's get to work and I'll watch that movie, man, and be like walking out of the theater all fired up, you know, like, hey, let's take a mission trip over to wherever that place is that, that doesn't exist and like, oh, do you need money? I can send whatever we, we need to send over and then I think like, why am I so fired up right now? Like that was a depressing movie, <laughs> you know, like almost all of the world died except for like a few people. But what I've realized over the years what I've realized over the years is that there's something that resonates with our souls uh, about rebuilding, right? Uh, uh, about making progress, about uh, picking up the ball and carrying it down the field. And what I've realized is, is that the reason that resonates with my soul is because that's what we were created to do. And Jesus just laid it out for us, and as we go back through, it'll make more sense. But Jesus is telling us, hey, your mission statement on this earth is to look at an earth that is separated from God, that has fallen, and be agents of reconciliation, be lights in a dark place, to take a place that is broken down and play a part in rebuilding it. Let me show you what I mean. Let's go back to verse 35. Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Now, that's a big verse, 
right? Can we all agree on that? That's like, there's a lot happening in that one, Matthew 9, verse 35. Like, who knows how many cities and villages um, Jesus and his disciples visited. And, and what does it say that he did in all those places? He's healing people, right? All, all their diseases, all their afflictions. So like, like physical um, pain and stuff, like, like we've been reading in the last few weeks, but also afflictions, right? Conflicts. I was thinking um, as, as I was walking over here, like imagine Jesus just like showing up here and like this being one of his stops on his way to, to all the villages. Like how much pain and affliction would he have to heal like just in this room, just me uh, on this stage before he could move on, right? Like that's a lot of pain. That's a lot of affliction. That's a lot of stuff happening just in this room. But Jesus was going through all these different villages and all these different cities and healing everybody. I love that. I love, I can't imagine how many stories there are in that. In fact, how does John end his gospel? And in John 21, he, he, he goes, hey, listen, if we were to write down everything that Jesus did, like there wouldn't be a, enough room on this planet to hold all of those books, right? And that's hyperbole, obviously, but, but what he's saying is Jesus did so much more than even we have recorded. And so my question for you is, how did he do that? Right? Like, how was Jesus able to do that? And it tells us in this verse, he says that he was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Okay, now, if we want to know the mission statement for our lives, if we want to know what our goal is as Christians, we got to understand the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so two minutes of theology, all right? And then we'll get back to making... BJ being dad jokes. Is that cool? Two minutes of theology, you guys all right? Seminary time. Here we go. God creates the heavens and the earth, right? He, he creates everything, and he creates it good, and he puts Adam and Eve in the garden, and for that time, however many years it was, there's lots of debate about that, Adam and Eve are just hanging out in the garden, dwelling with God, and everything is good. So it's like heaven and earth are one heaven and earth. So, so like Adam and Eve aren't going, you know, Eve, like this is great, but when we die and we get to heaven, that's going to be like awesome. They're, they're not thinking that because they're with God. They're, they're totally with God and everything is good. And it lasts two whole chapters until Genesis 3. And you've, you've heard the story if you've been around Genesis 3. They decide to rebel against God. They decide they want to be their own God. And what happens in that time is heaven and earth are together and then this split happens. This split happens between us and, and God. So, so think of it as heaven over here and, and, and earth down here. And all throughout the Old Testament, we see this, right? It's like, it's like yeah, now we're on earth and we have the trees and the cars and the, the not in the Old Testament times, they, they had the whatever they rode around on camels. I don't know, right? They, they have their, their, their stuff right? and uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're cruising and then God is out in heaven, it's like there's this split, this split, but, but God, being the God that he is, wanted to dwell with us. So there was a little bit of overlap between heaven and earth, heaven and earth coming together a little bit in something called a tabernacle. Still with me? You all right? So picture Moses and his, and his crew walking around in the desert. They would carry the, this tent, it was called the tabernacle, and it's where God dwelled. 
tabernacle where, where, where God would hang out with, with the people. In the middle of it was this place called the Holy of Holies, and that's where, where, where we thought that God dwelled. And it's all a metaphor because God's omnipresent and, and all that. But for he knows that we have finite minds, so he has to help us out, which I'm thankful for. So he, he's hanging out in, in the Holy of Holies, and in that place, there's like this overlap between heaven and earth. And interestingly uh, enough, it required sacrifices of lambs and goats and, and blood sacrifices to, to, um, for, so that God could dwell with us. Well, then Jesus comes along 2,000 years ago. And when Jesus came along, he said something incredibly interesting. And here's where I'm going with this. If you look at the, his first words in, in the Gospel of Matthew and, and in Mark and in Luke, he says, hey, um, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is here. In other words, there is this, this overlap in, in the Old Testament because God was dwelling in the tabernacle. But as John 1 says, the word or, or Jesus becomes flesh and dwells or tabernacles would be a, a proper translation of that with us. Jesus, God in flesh, sets up shop with us because he wants heaven and earth to come together, right? So, so um, when, when Jesus is walking around and going to all these villages, he's literally taking the kingdom of heaven with him. And, and in heaven, there's no disease, right? In heaven, there's no affliction. In heaven, there's no pride. In heaven, there, there's no disagreements. There's no rivalries. There's no any of that. So when Jesus shows up, he fixes it all. So, so, so we have this overlap of Jesus coming in, but Jesus wasn't content just to stay there. He wanted to move around, right? He wanted to go to all these different villages, all these different cities, and proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And so he's making like, think about it, like, like little pockets of heaven all over the place, right? And we see this happen over and over and over again. In fact, I would argue that the main message of this book, this book is a story uh, about the kingdom of heaven being reunited with earth. And we see this in Genesis 1 and 2, right, in the garden. But then we also see it at the end of the Bible in Revelation 21, 22, new heaven and new earth, where, where everything's finally put back together. Well, well Ryan, why, why did you just give us that, that theology lesson? Because, think about it, that means that our job as Christians, our mission as Christians is not to like hold on tight and, and do our best and white knuckle everything so that we can like finally die and then escape this place and go to heaven. Our mission statement as Christians is to bring heaven to earth. Well, what does Jesus say? When his disciples go, hey, Jesus, could you teach us how to pray? The main line in the Lord's prayer, we call it, hey, Lord, would your kingdom come? Kingdom of heaven. Would your kingdom come? And would your will be done right here, right now, on earth, as it is in heaven? See, this is the incredible thing about being a Jesus follower is, is we watch what Jesus did and then we just go and we try to do it ourselves. We, we, we go out into the world and, and we try to treat, uh, treat people the way that Jesus treated people. We try to love people the way that, that, that Jesus loved them. Right, so, so verse 35 is, is setting this whole thing up for us where Jesus is giving us this example. Problem with that, it's difficult, right? 
Any, any amens out there? Like, like sometimes it's just hard to love people. So, hey, hey, we can do church in here. That's all right. Sometimes it's difficult to be patient with people. Sometimes it's difficult to give people the benefit of the doubt like Jesus did. So, so what do we do? Verse 36 is going to give us a little hint. When he saw the crowds, so Jesus going around to all the different villages. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I love that word compassion. Jesus had compassion for every person that he saw. Or in other words, Jesus would look at people Think about this. Jesus would look at people and he wouldn't see a broken, finite human being. He would look at people and he would see an eternal soul that that was so worthy of love that he himself came for that eternal soul to die. Like that is compassion to, to an outrageous degree that I can't even comprehend. That's compassion in a way that I wanna have compassion. Man, sometimes it's hard, right? When, when life just gets going and things are happening so fast, it, it's hard to remember that our main job is to love people. It's, it's hard to remember that our main job is to have compassion for people. Um, if, if anyone was at main service this morning, we showed a, a video testimony of a, a lady, um, Joyce, in our, in our church, who I've, I've met and I've talked to and, you know, I just say hi to in the lobby. But, but you know how, like, you see so many people around here on a Sunday night, whatever, you, you just say hi and you just assume, like, everything's cool and everything's good and you don't think about like the fact that that person is a, a, a human being with a story right and so then I, I sit in the auditorium this morning and I, I watch this story that we didn't even get to do it justice in, in the couple of minutes video that 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 we showed and it's like man she's just she's she's been through it and she's fighting this amazing fight and doing these amazing things but she's going through it then, then right after that I had to, to meet with a guy Again, who I've said hi to and, and known, he opens up about what's actually happening behind the scenes in his life. And like, dude, that's just, just fighting the good fight, man, and going for it and, and doing the right things, but it's just getting dealt these like bad hands over and over and over again. And I'm sitting there just going like, why, like God, why? I just want to have compassion for it. Like, I just want to see the world through this lens always. Like, why do you have to, like, literally pull me out of my Ryan life and put me in these situations so that I can remember that everyone's just a, a broken human soul in need of love, right? So I'm, I go to the coffee shop after that, and I'm, like, wondering what everyone's story is as they're, like, coming in, you know, and, like, crying in the corner for, for no, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that, but you, you get the picture, right? Like, like, it is difficult for us to remember that people are people. And it's difficult for us to remember that everybody, no matter who you are, if somebody's acting out there, they're reacting to other things that have happened to them in the past, but we're so quick to, to blame shift and, and to, to, to flip people off on the highway or whatever it is for you, or maybe that's me. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, we're so quick to do that. It's like, no, let's slow down. Like, like Jesus, here's a good prayer. Would you break my heart, God? Like, like, break my heart seriously for the things that break yours. Like, God, the, the, the way that, Jesus, you had compassion for those crowds, like, I, I, I want that, Jesus. That's a scary prayer, right? I want that in my, for, my, for my class. When, when I go to my lecture to, tomorrow, uh, I, I want, God, would you break my heart for the things that break yours. As I walk into work, <laughs> or as I go to that family reunion, 
<laughs> or like that Thanksgiving meal where all the like the opinionated uncles are saying things and you're like, I don't agree with that, you know, and like, what do I do here? This is awkward and I want Christmas to be over or whatever it is. God, would you give me compassion in those moments? I like what he also says at the end of this verse. The reason he had so much compassion for them is because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I love the Bible because it calls us sheep, right? Like all the time it calls us sheep. And if you know anything about sheep, they're dumb. Sheep are just dumb. There's this great story. Um, you can look it up. It happened in Turkey um, a, a, a while back. It's a famous story where these shepherds were hanging out. They had 1,500 sheep. And they were hanging out, and they left to go get their breakfast. And they're like, okay, these sheep are fine. We'll let them do their sheep thing, right? And we're going to go eat some breakfast. Well, one of these sheep, what's the singular for sheep? Is it sheep? Am I cool? Thanks, Mike. Um, the, the, like, the, one of these sheep start walking, and, and he doesn't realize that there's a cliff right in front of him that has, is a 15-meter drop, which is like almost 50, I'm sorry, 15 meters, almost like 50 feet, right? And so he just, the, the guy just like walks straight off of it. Just, just walks straight off of it and, and falls to the ground. And now you would think, like, the sheep would be like, oh, there goes Fred, you know? Like, bummer, but maybe we should, like, turn around and go the other way. But instead, like, the next sheep just goes, okay, I guess we're going this way now. And he literally, the second sheep falls off. Again, you would think the next sheep would be like, oh, there goes George or whatever, right? But, but he falls off. And then the, the sheep after that, I was going to say Ron. I realized I was doing the Weasley Brothers from Harry Potter. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just think of a random name, Ryan. Bob, whatever, Jason, thank you. Right? Okay, one after another after another. Get this, get this. The first 400, I'm sorry that I'm laughing about this. The first 400 sheep die. The other 1,100 continue to walk off the cliff, but they don't die because the first 400 had created such a cushion for them. That we literally, we lose 400 sheep in this whole thing. And it was like thousands of dollars for these shepherds. And it was like, it was this whole thing, right? Why? Because sheep, this is just what sheep do in Jesus. I love it. Jesus is looking at a crowd. Like if he cruise in here, I would get off the stage immediately because he'd be like, well, there's a bunch of sheep that are, that are just wandering and I need to help them. Jesus had her in need of a savior. And so our job is to go love our friends, help our friends, try to steer our friends in the right direction. But we got to remember at the end of the day, we're just another sheep. Right? We're just another one of, one of, one of the sheep. And, and, and what we're supposed to do then is point people towards Jesus. Right? And that should just take a lot of pressure off of you. It should take a lot of pressure off uh, of me that like tonight, tonight we're going to open God's word and we're going to sing and we're going to pray and we're going to worship. But if anything is going to happen, it's going to be because the Holy Spirit makes it happen. Right? Life change happens because God is on the move. And then he gets to, to um, the, these last two verses. We'll read them both. And this is where we're going to get this mission statement for our life. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So, so then Jesus sits his disciples down, 12 disciples. He goes, all right, guys, listen up. Listen up. Here, here's the deal. You want to know what it means to follow me? 
One, you need to learn how to have compassion for people and give people the benefit of the doubt and, and realize that you're not that great either. And so let's all just jump off our pedestals together and point ourselves towards the Father, right? But, but then what we need to do is realize that there is a whole lot of work to be done. This is like, sorry, we're like the rock at the end of San Andreas, right? Look, looking over the, the city, and it's like, okay, it, destruction, yet we're alive, we're breathing, we're going, so let's rebuild. It's time to get going. And so two ways to do that. Two ways to do that. The first is to pray, and the second is to obey. Pray and obey. Pray and obey, because listen... This is a difficult thing to do, and if we try to go into this blind, it's not going to work. So he goes, listen, the first thing you got to do is pray earnestly. How many of you would describe your prayer life as earnest? Right? It's just a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, but I, I take a lot of comfort in that word earnest. Or, or like when Paul goes, hey, labor with me in prayer. What are they saying? They're going, hey, it's a hard thing to do. This is difficult. And so let's work at it. Just like going to the gym is a difficult thing to do. Let's work at it. Let's get after it. Let's get reps in. Let's learn how to pray. Um, my, my freshman year uh, of college was this big pivotal year for me that I've told you guys about a little bit. And about halfway through, I got really involved in my college ministry. And so I, I started showing up, started showing up all throughout freshman year, I was trying to figure it out. And by about second semester, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I want to get plugged in. So I show up early. To, to one of the Tuesday night services. And I walk into the auditorium like this, and there's like, like 20, 20 college kids just, just sitting in these chairs praying. Praying for, for the, 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 the students that haven't showed up yet or the students that are sitting in their dorms debating whether or not they should go to church or not. And, and I sat there with them, and I remember just so clear as day realizing that the reason I'm here is because there have been people praying for me to be here for years, right? And what's crazy is a lot of you don't know this. Maybe it's your first time here, first time at a church ever. There's 20, 20 young adults over in that other room for an hour, half hour or whatever before the service praying for you. Why? Because Jesus goes, hey, um, the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot to be done. Or in other words, hey, I want to make some change happen in people's lives. I want to set some people free. Uh, I want to take some prisoners and take the chains off of their wrists and set them free from the guilt and the shame that they've experienced their entire lives, but pray that it would happen. Right? And so they're, they're back there before service praying that that would happen. I think I am a direct um, a, a correlation to those people who were praying for me. And I think that God, Jesus, is now calling us to be those prayer warriors that just pray people from this surrounding community into this place or into a church anywhere or, or whatever, just, just into a relationship with Jesus. Right, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And come on out. Come on out next, next Sunday at 630. Talk to Allison if you have any questions. And let's just start praying. It's going, hey, hey, the, the harvest, it's, it's there. Freedom is there. We just got to pray them in. So let's start praying. But that's not where he ends. See, if we just pray, it's a good first step, but it doesn't get us all the way. He goes, that, that, um, pray that laborers would be sent into the field. That's why our job description is twofold, right? 
where we're called to pray and we're called to obey. It's, it, it's funny um, how many times in my life, and I'll just confess this to you guys, where I'll be like, okay, God, I'm here for you. Like, like whatever you got for me, you, you let me know. You let me know the, the job that you got for me, and, and I'll, go, I'll go take care of it. I'll, I'll step into that field, you know, or, or whatever. Trying to be like all christian with God, and he's like, who are you? Right? And, and so I'll, I'll like pray, and I'll be like, I'll, I'll start to feel like, oh, I need to go um, ask for forgiveness to that person. And I'll, and I'll like think about it for a second, and then I'll go, yeah, God, any job that you have for me, you just like, you know, I like try to like leapfrog that one. Like you just let me know, but, but maybe God tonight is going, well, hey, hey, take care of this one that's been on your heart and, and then we'll, we'll keep going, right? Like, like maybe that relationship that, that was messed up years ago that, that you still feel like you're in the right for, maybe Jesus is saying, hey, yeah, you, you might be right, but, but the gospel, the cross frees you up to go to that person and be the bigger person and say, hey, I'm here and I'm sorry. And I gotta own up to, to my things and maybe even a little bit more and I'm sorry, I want to make this right. So how do we obey? How, how, do, how do we be the people that go and help rebuild this earth? I think the biggest one is, is we go and learn how to be agents of, of reconciliation, man. Agents of peace. You know, like, like, like Paul in uh, Ephesians 6 when he's praying about the, the armor of God? And, and he goes, hey, um, would you give me the gospel, the, sa- the, the sandals of peace? Like, I, I want to just be somebody that brings peace with me everywhere I go. Right? Like, I love that idea. Uh, I love that idea of, of this week. As you go throughout your day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as you go throughout your week, what if every situation you came into, you said, hey, um, there's gonna be a lot of hostility maybe in this one. There's gonna be a lot of um, discomfort in in this one. I'm gonna go in and just bring peace. Uh, I'm gonna be the guy, I'm gonna be the girl that that when I walk in, there's gonna be just this this, um, shalom, this this peace that comes about the room. Not because I'm awesome, I'm just a sheep, but because Jesus has saved me and I'm, I'm gonna go show that to the world, right? Or what about when, when he's like, uh, uh, the breastplate of, of righteousness, right? Like, what would it look like to help move people towards righteousness this week? Uh, again, not because we have it taken care of, but because Jesus died for us that we may have his righteousness put on us. And so now we're going to go extend that grace to other people. We're gonna go point them towards ways to, to, to just live right. Or, of course, the helmet of salvation. I love that. That word salvation is a loaded word. That means a whole lot more, by the way, than, hey, uh, pray this prayer so that you have some fire insurance in case you die, then you can go to heaven, and it's all good. Salvation is so much more all-encompassing than that, man. It's so much more holistic than that. It's bringing, it's bringing health and well-being and life to the full to this world, what if this week we tried to, to, to one, pray, but also take that into a, a dark and dying world with a message that can save, right, and shine light I- I- into these places? And again, you're going, oh, well, Ryan, Ben, you guys can come up because we're going to sing one more song. You're going, well, Ryan, I, like, I, I can't do that. Right, like, like I'm still trying to figure out my own stuff. What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm supposed to go out there and help others? But well, shouldn't I like take care of me first? And see, this is the beauty. 
This is the beauty of, of the entire thing that Jesus is going, listen, this is your mission statement to pray and obey because I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to finish this once and for all for you. I'm about to take all the junk in your life, take it up on the cross, put it on my shoulders so that you are freed up to go into a world that needs help and help them. Uh, On uh, Wednesday, I was driving in the car and um, I I was uh, just a little anxious, a little stressed out, you know? It's about life, about, about everything that, that's going on. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a, a couple things in, in my own life. And um, I'm listening to the radio because I do that sometimes still. I don't know. And uh, the song comes on, worship song, and it's, it's just a great worship song. And I'm, I'm amped up and I'm singing. And you know how sometimes on the radio, like two stations collide? So you'll like be hearing one song and then like another station will come over top of that. So I'm like singing this worship song and then like this infomercial pops up, right? So I'm like singing, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it's like Sunday, 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 like um, whatever, right? And then it like pops back to the worship song and then back to the infomercial. And I'm sitting there and it's so weird for me because I'm like, this is so good. Like when it's just the worship, like I'm, I'm good. I got this, my mind's in the right place. And then this, like, annoying infomercial is trying to tell me something else. And I'm, so I'm getting stressed out. And I realized, I realized in that moment, hey, how true, like, that's just life, right? Isn't that, like, a perfect illustration of my life right now? Where, where I have, like, these moments, right? These moments where I got it. These moments where, where I know the truth and, and, and I'm ready to go pray and obey. I know the mission statement for my life. And then... I just have a whole lot of whispers in my ear telling me to do other things, telling me to go other ways, telling me to treat people in, in, in other ways. And I'm going, this is it, man. This is, this is what we are faced with, young adults, literally 24-7. Our culture is set up in a way where there are so many distractions, it's not even funny. And so the reason that we come in here, one of the reasons that we come in here and, and, and we like to just sing and worship is because it's good for our souls. It's good for our souls to sing, hey, I've got a good, good father. It's good for our souls to go, hey, I'm a sheep who has a great shepherd. And because of that, I'm not that important. And yet at the exact same time, I am have of eternal significance in a way that I will never understand. So I am freed up to pray and obey, man. I'm freed up to go to war, to do battle for my friends, for my family, for my loved ones, for my rivals, for whoever. Again, not because I'm great, but because of what God did for us. So what I want us to do tonight, you guys stand to to your feet with me. I want to say a prayer for us, and then we're just going to sing, man. We're just going to sing one more song. And for the next couple minutes, just, just, just try to get all the other thoughts out of your mind. And let's just praise our God who's a good father, who's worthy of our praise so that we can go out into the world with a message that they need to hear. So Father, we thank you so much. God, I thank you so much for life. (laughs) Jesus, I, I love you so much. Thank you that you care enough about us that, that you would come and you would die for us, that you would set us free. We thank you that you are our shepherd, that we have a good shepherd, we have a good father. 
And Father, I pray that you would bless every young adult in this room tonight as they go into whatever's going on in their lives as we sing, Father, we pray for freedom. Pray that you'd break chains in this room tonight, Father. I pray that you would set captives free in this room tonight, Father. And I pray that you would be glorified through it all. So, Father, we turn now to you in Jesus' name. We praise you. Amen.